Welcome to episode 41 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a trip down to the game corner to talk about Necropolis. Roguelike, how could this possibly go wrong? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's time once again to retreat to the corner. That's right, it's another game corner. This time, it's Necropolis. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. How the hell are you doing today? After a workout, I'm surprisingly awake. Like, usually I'm just fucking dead tired. Normally you're beat, and today you're not quite yeah. so beat. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm surprisingly okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear. Like, Maybe that just means you didn't work out hard enough, and you need to push yourself more next time. I push myself pretty hard today. Like I, my, I upped my weights for just about everything. Good, good stuff then. Yeah, keep, keep going with those gains. Get swole. Yeah, someday. <laughs> audition for another book too. So that was fun. Oh, nice. Uh, how do, how do you feel like the audition went? Um, honestly, the author got back to me within a couple of minutes. Like when I say a couple of minutes, it was probably about fifteen tops. I listened to it and liked it very much. There are a couple of things I'm waiting on before I can make a decision, but I wanted to thank you for your time and tell you how great it was. You did a great job. Thanks. Author's name here. <laughs> nice. I didn't want to. I don't want to put his name out there unless I don't get the part and that kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you mentioned something to me that is may or may not be of interest to some of the members of our audience, and mainly that you were curious as to whether people would want to watch you record the audition yeah Um, and i actually personally find that kind of interesting just just like there's a lot of people i know that are just curious about you know doing voice acting whether it's reading books or Mm -hmm. you know trying to do you know video game voiceovers or movie voiceovers or anime voiceovers or whatever and like seeing someone else do it can you know, give you confidence to do it yourself or can, you know, show you that maybe it's not as crazy as you think it is or give you tips and pointers and advice of, you know, stuff that you don't know yet because you haven't done it yet. And some people might just be morbidly curious to hear Paul read random weird ass books or excerpts of books as the case may be. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if you actually want to try and do that or if you want to like ask our audience if, if they have any interest in listening to you do it because you know that's kind of theoretically who would be doing it right i mean yeah if you sound off send an email to us over at podcast at loadedcartgaming.com get in contact with me on twitter at paul clue get in contact with the at loaded card account see what you think i mean if that's something you'd be interested in i can stream it on twitch and in fact that was one of the reasons why i got into it was listening to the audiobooks for the Iron Druid Chronicles. Luke Daniels does an excellent job on those. And I started contacting him on Twitter and he's like, go for it. Like, why are you still sitting here? Why are we chatting? Go go try out. Yeah. Um, Very encouraging guy. You should totally start a new Twitch channel and call it what is Paul auditioning for today? <laughs> that's a that's a pretty long title. I don't know if they'd let me fit that in the full uh <laughs> there's only one way to find out, and that's the full make- hyperlink. <laughs> 
<laughs> Couldn't hurt. You could always just do the acronym. But anyway, aside from auditioning, what have you been playing lately? Wapaft. I'm trying to think of the, uh, the acronym. <laughs> yeah, Wapaft. Wapaft, I guess. I don't know. Um, actually, over the weekend, I started playing, right before the audition, I started playing Silent Hill 2. And Uh-oh. one of my all-time favorite games, but I don't think we'll be able to do that because I don't think you have access to a PS3. Nope, no PS3s. <laughs> yeah, so probably not going to do that one on the on the cast, unfortunately, folks. Uh, but it is one of my all time favorite games, just because it's an amazing story. It's just ah, it's so good. I can't I can't gush about it enough. Uh, also, obviously, playing Overwatch and this game. Um, yep. It was kind of funny. I was playing Overwatch the other day with a, a group of friends that I usually play with, and I played Winston. If you're not familiar, Harambe. Uh, that's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Giant monkey guy. Yeah, with a Tesla cannon and hyper intelligence and an addiction to peanut butter for some reason. Hey, I don't you know, know why. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. We all we all got our vices. Ended up killing ended up getting uh credit for fifty two eliminations and forty uh, eliminations for um God, what is that? Uh the, whatever the, the point eliminations basically we're playing uh mm-hmm. king of the hill type of map but that is a, a ludicrous amount of of eliminations yeah no for kidding. a quick match yeah what about you what have you been playing uh, my two usuals lately uh vainglory when i'm sitting on the couch and just playing video games or watching movies and tv shows and stuff player unknown battlegrounds when i can because it's a lot of fun yeah, Still. I've heard. And uh been playing some Pokemon Go lately because it's been the one year anniversary and things have been a little crazy lately. I haven't had a chance to play much the past couple of days, but finally fucking hatched a goddamn Porygon <laughs> today. And like nice. Nice. I about threw a goddamn party because it was one of the only gen one pokemons i don't have like there's a very small <laughs> number of gen one pokemons i don't have anymore and uh he is definitely one of them um, are they the, the region locked ones most of them are region locked uh but i don't have a snorlax i don't have a uh lapras i do not yet have a dragonite but i am only like a handful of dratini candy away from having one Sure. Uh, like it's only a matter of time. Uh, well, yeah, I, have yeah. uh, I have a Grimer, but not yet a Muck. Uh, That's okay. Uh, Again, it'll be a little while yeah. until you can get one. Right? It's, it's yeah, something like another like thirty kilometers of walking or something like that. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's something something along those lines. Like it is because of the new buddy system and the fact that you can like choose a buddy Pokemon and right. every X amount of distance you walk, you get another candy. Gotcha, like it's gotcha. literally a, a limited amount of time because you just buddy up that Pokemon and you either go until you catch one or you go until you know you get the candy to evolve one. So right, right, and the amount of walks you take it shouldn't take long at all. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, and then part of this kind of goes into news. So yeah, I heard something pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll we'll swap our news stories around just a little bit. That's um, fine. And we'll talk about. Pokemon Go Fest that happened this past weekend in Chicago and kind of the fallout from it and kind of uh, the good stuff that came out of it because it is very 
very contentious right now, which is kind of weird. So if you aren't aware, uh, Niantic, the company that makes Pokemon Go and this other game, Ingress, threw a big festival in the middle of Chicago in Grant Park. Mm -hmm. So this park that is roughly 0.46 square miles sold 20,000 tickets in under six minutes when they went on sale. They sold, they sold out in under six minutes. They sold at roughly 20,000 tickets. That's impressive. Um, yeah. So people from all over the globe, like, I and I mean that literally, like people from Japan were there, people from Europe were there, like people from all over the globe came to Chicago for this event. And they get there and there's only one entrance to the park. So the line to get in wrapped miles long i'm sure all the way around the park <laughs> it took some people longer than five hours to get in and That's... the event the event started at like you know i don't know 10 in the morning and ended at 7 p.m so Jesus. that gives you an idea of like how screwy it was uh, yeah. and then if you've ever been to something like dragon con you will know when you cram twenty thousand people into that tiny of a space no one's cell phones work mm -hmm. because the cell phone grid cannot handle it no matter Correct. what is you know no matter what it just it cannot so allegedly we we found out that niantic says that before the event they contacted at&t sprint verizon t-mobile they contacted all of the major carriers and said yep. we are planning to have this many people in this area can your cell phone networks handle the traffic? Every single one of them said that shouldn't be a problem at all. You lying fucks. <laughs> so they asked, can we get a, they call them sell on wheels or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it is, it's literally a portable cell phone tower yeah. that you, you can take to an event and set up that will take the load off of the surrounding cell towers to provide more connection for your network. Sure. Sprint is the only one that sent one. Good on Sprint. Because Sprint is partnered with Niantic in the game. Like they have a partnership with Niantic. Every Sprint location in North America is a Pokestop or a gym for Pokemon Go because they paid for them. Like they they have a connection with Sprint. If you are a Sprint customer sure. and you play Pokemon Go, you can walk into Sprint and get like a little card that will get you items in Pokemon Go. Like they cool. will just give it to you. Like it's it's pretty crazy. But yeah. So they apparently attempted to mitigate some of these things and were assured by all of the cell companies that you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a problem at all, which as as we all know not going to happen. It got so bad that Chris Hinkey, the CEO of Niantic, basically got booed off of stage. Unfortunately. <laughs> and, people, and people were chanting, fix our game while he was on stage and and all it's kinds not of his other... Fault. He's the face of Niantic and he's I get the... It, but, it's, but it's not his fault. I get they needed an outlet for yeah. their rage and frustration. Oh, yeah. But it's not his fault, people. It's really yeah. not. I get it. You're pissed. But that's it's not but, his fault. But that's what happens when you're the face of the company. You are I the know, person that people are going to blame. But in the end, Niantic 
told people and i saw this on stream because they were streaming on twitch on and off throughout the whole event because they were having i think technical issues so there were just big periods where they just like there was just a splash art and like there was nothing on there for like hours it was it was really weird uh, right. but at one point one of the niantic people came up on stage and was like hey we we know there are three problems hmm. one of them is with the cell phone companies and we can't do anything about it Two of them are on our servers and on our side of things, and we are working on them as fast as we can. So there, there were issues that were Niantic's fault that they sure. they didn't hammer out. Uh, okay. And to like, so it's it's a mixed bag because Niantic has run tons of events for Ingress. Like they have all over the world, they have held events. Players flock to them. It is nowhere near the size of Pokemon Go. Like there are yeah. not as many people playing they're just aren't Not even close uh so i mean they could have a couple hundred people show up and they can go on this big crazy scavenger hunt or whatever in ingress mm -hmm. and that's not the same as twenty thousand people showing up in a park plus probably thousands of other people showing up just to like hang around outside the park and see what they can see what they can snag and maybe they can sneak in or you know whatever because yep. you know that happened like absolutely so that was all the bad stuff. They had some events that were going on there where it was this weird little back and forth thing where people in the park, they had these three little blocks of time. And during those blocks of time, people in, in the park at the event could catch specific Pokemon, like and what types of Pokemon they collected would unlock bonuses for everyone else in the world for the next X amount of time, which was originally right. going to be, I think, up to 24 hours. Okay. And then during those windows the people who weren't at the event could catch as many pokemon as they could and if the whole rest of the world surpassed a certain threshold it would extend the duration of the bonuses and then if they got enough it would unlock a special challenge mm -hmm. and all the rumors were that the special challenge was going to be legendary pokemon in their new raid battling system and that's what it was supposed to be Mm -hmm. but they never were able to do it basically like the, the thing was kind of such a fiasco that they shut the event down before that ever had a chance to happen hmm. like they they got through the first two windows and they were just like look we're you know niantic basically straight up said we're refunding everyone's tickets like if you bought a ticket you will be getting a refund mm -hmm. if you signed into the event with your little qr code you will get a hundred dollars worth of the in-game currency, the in-game gold. So Damn. like, I think the math comes out to about $2 million worth of in-game purchases. It's 20, crazy. 20,000 times a hundred. Yep. And then they would all be given anyone who, again, who had signed in with the QR code would be given a legendary Pokemon at, you know, just Lugia would appear in their inventory then these two things happened, which are kind of the two big ones. Uh, they extended the boundaries of the event from Grant Park to a two-mile radius surrounding Grant Park. And then they extended the duration of the events that were supposed to happen during Pokemon Go Fest two more days. So the people who showed up in Chicago and who had registered for the event and had signed in got to do got these increased spawn rates for all of these crazy pokemon including heracross who is a south american exclusive Damn. um 
were spawning within two miles of Grant Park in Chicago. And essentially what I have heard is that once people left the park and said, fuck this, I'm out, like cell traffic got better. People were able to start live streaming on YouTube while they were playing and people started having fun and the event was salvaged by the community in part due to what Niantic did. But for the most part, it was like the community came together to salvage the event and have fun together in in the wake of this kind of catastrophe. And yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Right now, uh, Lugia and Articuno, the, yeah. the Bluebird, uh, so. it, are available in level five raids. And eventually the other legendaries from Gen 1 and Gen 2 will join that as time goes on. But the big takeaway here is like, yeah, Niantic fucked up. And you can kind of, hopefully they will take these lessons and move forward. But like, if they, their next event is the real teller. If if the same kind of stuff happens at their next big event for Pokemon Go, like, they're, they're screwed. Like, there's no excuse for it really? happening a second time. Yeah. In fact, I I personally, with the amount of money that they make off of this game, which is hundreds of millions of dollars a month, like there's no excuse for this to happen this time. Like they should basically own a track, like a 40 foot tractor trailer that just has a giant Wi-Fi network in it. And like literally you scan the QR code, it gives you the network password to sign on to this network and the entire event is handled by their own private network and fuck all the cell phone companies. You immediately eliminate anyone's ability to spoof in with GPS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like they have to be there and they have to be on your network or they do not participate in the event. Yeah. Like and the amount of money they have, they can totally afford that shit. They're owned by Google. They can totally afford and have access to that shit. Like Absolutely. And the amount of money they make off of this game, like there is no reason for this to have gone this poorly. But that's this is me from the outside, you know, looking in and talking shit. Yeah. But yeah. At the same time, when you make when you have hundred, you know, 125 million players at one point when the game launches and like, you know, make millions of dollars a month off of your game, you, you have the funds to do stuff because, you know, you're not lightning turning around a whole bunch of updates and stuff. So I don't know. That's just me bitching. But we'll see. Like, again, we'll see. Like if if their next event is a fiasco, like th- there's zero excuses for them at that point. Like they this one, it was their first time. They may not have been prepared for it. You know, they may have gotten screwed over by lying cell phone companies. Meh. Who knows? They should have taken steps to kind of assure that they this didn't get shit screwed. did not happen. <laughs> they should have had redundancy. Yeah. And maybe they will for next time. Who knows? All right. Moving along to the next piece of news. <laughs> Half because, an hour later. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a mouthful. That's that's not a bad thing because that was a, a good piece of news. Yeah. Um, apparently in the Philippines, uh, esports players can now actually get athletics licenses for visas. That's I think this cool. is pretty cool. Yeah. Like one of the, the big remnants of esports still being seen as not a sport is pretty much visa issues. Like sometimes yeah. international tournaments can be kind of spoiled by a team not being able to compete because visas kind of get tricky. Yeah. So 
a ton of political and cultural reasons for that. But when a team gets their chance scuppered because of a visa issue, it sucks for everyone involved. Now, yeah. players get from the Philippines should have an easier time to do that. Nice. Yeah. I, I wonder how that that's just in the U.S. They're able to get visas easier. I don't know. I, I'm. Let's see. This is a report about ESPN who quoted the 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 Philippines Games and Amusements Board Legal Counsel Irmar U. Benitez saying, we like to think of it as an exploration. We've spoken with industry stakeholders and we want to serve as a guide for the future development of the industry. Perhaps the Philippines can lead the way of their countries that don't uh, currently have these systems in place. So I'm okay. assuming that people can get visas applied for here? Or, I, I, or, that sounds, yeah, that, that's what it, it sounds like it's for the Philippines. So like yeah. any esports player can get an athletics license for the philippines yeah that's what it sounds like just yeah not having read the article personally um that being said uh they're relying on laws published in 1976 and so benita says that eventually in the very near future we'll have more specific responsive in-depth and relevant supervision and regulation for esports we will engage the industry itself to help us with this so it looks like they're going to engage the entire industry in order to write uh better laws to help esports players yeah this happened uh, last year in League of Legends to Phoenix mm-hmm. One, I think. Yep. Uh, they they just got fucking nailed because I think four of their players had visa issues and got denied visas and yep. like missed half of a split, basically. Mm-hmm. And they, they basically, I think, were winless through like seven of the nine weeks of the split and then like they had their full roster and started winning it was like oh imagine that now they have their whole team they can actually win yeah um that actually cites dota 2 the teams for tnc pro team and (laughs) execration have been granted licenses with lead up to the international for 2017 that's pretty cool yeah well and that's that's one of the interesting things is that uh one of the services provided by riot for lcs stuff is that they help lcs teams secure visa like through the visa process for their athletes for you know north america and europe um the two leagues that they run so it's it's just kind of interesting like it's a weird byproduct of esports and yeah and it's also really hard when you know one of the major countries for esports players is china yeah and like that that's hard when it comes to visa stuff in especially in the u.s because we don't really trust china all that much yeah you want to go to yours or you want to go to my other one let's go to your other one let's go to your other all one. right this one's gonna be fairly short because it's just kind of an update from a previous one that we've talked about mm-hmm. and that was uh, the time splitters rewind being completely stagnant because they could do anything with the cry engine apparently they posted a few days ago uh, that an update was talked about regarding to trying to clear up some statements made that unfairly criticized the engine used they want to make it clear that the reason why development was slowed was not the usability of CryEngine, but the experience of the developers working on the project so they're looking for people to help fill the gaps in their knowledge perhaps implying they're sticking with CryEngine in the future they're in talks with Crytek now to try and get past the current challenges and are postponing the poll to discuss whether or not they should swap engines. Interesting. I would I would love to see another Time Splitters game. Those games are fun. Same here. They apparently have a huge official post that's also linked in the article I just talked about um, on, on their TSRewind.com. It's it's fairly large and, and goes into more details. So we can put that on the, uh, in the show notes. Sounds good. So... I am excited about this one because 
I was a huge fan of the series and the game itself that this talked about. Yeah. And so um, we haven't talked about this yet, but this unfortunately. is a, a pretty good time to mention it that yeah. the Castlevania anime has been finally released on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And it's based on the game Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse. Kind it's of actually like that's the well, idea. It's, it's the lead up to the events leading up to yeah. Castlevania three, because the only problem that I had with it is that it completely eliminates Grant. Like he's not at all in, in the anime right. either way. Um, so originally it was made to be a movie. And for some reason, like very, very late in production, they decided to make it into a show. And so they split it up into a four episode season. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, padded each one a little bit. They're about, they're about, half hour episodes yep um uh, yeah it, it wasn't too was much yeah it was like a two-hour movie and they they cut it up into four episodes um mm -hmm. and it's already been renewed for a second season which i think they said is going to be longer like eight to ten episodes eight episodes um, yeah and it's interestingly being made by frederator studios yep. which are the people who made adventure time which is pretty cool yeah and then there's a couple of really funny things that are like quoted in one of the articles we'll link to. Uh, the show's creator describes the show as being Castlevania done in the vein of Game of Thrones, which is, you know, whatever. But then he says that it's, quote, R-rated as fuck. <laughs> and It really is. Have you seen it yet? I have not watched it yet. Oh, man. I think you'll enjoy it. It's really good. Me too. And it's, quote, the best fucking video game adaptation we've had to date, end quote. It's not uh, wrong. And it's written by Warren Ellis, which I thought was really shocking. Um, if you don't know who Warren Ellis is, he's done a lot of really awesome comics, including Transmetropolitan, mm -hmm. uh, which is like an indie darling comic, even though it's on Vertigo, which is DC. But, you know. Vertigo is the, the kind of their indie yeah. stuff. It, it's their more weird artsy stuff. But yeah, it gives people a little yeah. bit of creative control as opposed to their you have to stick with this particular section for this particular character, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Ellis is out there is a good way to put it. He's he's, he's an excellent writer. And Transmetropolitan is fantastic. Great writer. Yeah. Spider Jerusalem is probably one of the best characters in the history of comics. Yep. And it's very, very weird. Delightfully weird. Yes. So uh, that in that case, I'm I'm actually looking forward to this show because it is good. super good and it'll be interesting to like see how it improves or you know goes side by side with the actual game castlevania 3 which yeah we may actually do at some point we'll see we'll see we have a lot of stuff on our plate already <laughs> i'd like to but yeah. um I, don't, I i can't think of a reason to fit it in our favorite games category because it's an yeah. excellent game but it's not my favorite but maybe once we uh, get through all the console retrospectives we'll Speaking do, of, do something weird. Yeah, we'll 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 figure it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All um, right. So, are you ready to go into the main topic? I think so. Do you have anything to round up from the last cast? I don't think so. I, I think we're we're pretty good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Um. So I'll straight up say, you don't have to really worry about spoilers in this one because <laughs> there's, there's no not story much to, spoil. to spoil. I mean, yeah, there's some story, but it's 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 told in wall writings and from the giant fucking floating pyramid with an eye in it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's and, so and fucking it's, weird. Yeah, it, it is a very weird game, but it is a roguelike dungeon crawler. 
and it kind of attempts to play off of the style and control schemes of the Soulsborne games. Like that's, I guess, the best way I can think of to describe it. Ne yep. I like Necropolis. It was, it's a weird game, and it, it's like I don't know. Um, uh, we'll we'll get into it. So, but basically, the way it works is there are ten dungeon levels, and then there's this big boss fight at the end, and then you have to escape the dungeon. Uh, and there's just, you know, like any roguelike, all of the levels are procedurally generated. All of the items you, you find are kind of random. Um, you can buy and craft stuff. You're given random quests along the way. There's co-op and there's a bunch of sometimes weird, sometimes really cool monsters to fight along the way. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Do we want to talk about our, our thoughts up front or do we want to talk about them at the end? Like, I don't know. It's just both. Do we want to get it out of the I way mean, or do we want to? We, we can, I, I, I think we push? can talk about what we. Okay. I didn't care for this fucking game. Yeah. I didn't care for it. I just didn't. I mean, it's. <sighs> so, okay. My, my kind of view of it, because I, unlike Paul, I have not played the Dark Souls games. Paul has played all of the Dark Souls games. You've heard him wax poetic about Dark Souls. Like, you know him in Dark Souls. Um, I love them. So, so to him, I totally understand how this is like. This is just a bad Dark Souls knockoff. It's it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. And but go ahead, please finish your thought. For for me, it's like this is a very interesting concept. I like the concept. Mm -hmm. I like the idea. I I'm just not a hundred percent sold on the execution, but basically where I think this game has a potential to shine is as a party game where if you have three or four people playing, it looks and feels significantly more fun than it does. If you're just playing it single player. Yeah. I can get behind that. If, if you're playing it single player, it feels like a slog to me. Like it is just this huge thing. There's way too many monsters. There's way too much empty space. It The whole thing feels empty. But as soon as you fill it with other players and you're running around together and working together, it becomes a better game. And with it's hard for me to recommend this game if you do not have friends willing to play it with you. And that's that's kind of where all of this will be framed from from here. It's the like, it's a great idea. The execution is just slightly off, but it may still be worth checking out if you have friends that are willing to play with you. I don't know if they actually sell a a multi pack on Steam, for lack of a better term. I don't I don't think they do. They usually sell them if they're if it's considered a party game. They'll sell them in a four pack. A four pack bundle usually. I I don't think it's fair for me to judge the game based on my experience alone because I was alone, mm -hmm. and I I respect the fact that Hairbrain Schemes put this together and did a pretty good job with putting together an interesting atmospheric roguelike RPG. The issue I have with it is that the combat feels super slow. Like you, like Dark Souls One has slow combat. This game has slower combat. Did you play with the big giant brute or the normal guy? 
Yes, I ended up trying both. Um, the brute is like really. Oh yeah, even slower. Like it's it's it is painful how slow the brute is. I played with the normal one too, and the combat does get a little faster, especially if you use lighter weapons. Yeah. But at the same time, you still feel like it, like this this I'm moving through mud. Yeah. And it, it just it doesn't feel comfortable. I I, I don't know. I I got to run level four before I said. Before I died, and I said, I can't play this anymore. I just can't. It's just, it's it's a slog to the point where I don't want to play this anymore. Which I, I can totally understand. Um, yeah. Do you, so the, the controls, they're exactly the same as Dark Souls, right? Like they're the same layout and everything? Yeah. But like I can't, I, the only difference would be, uh, no, it is exactly the same. With the switching weapons is the only difference. Like you can switch weapon sets in Dark Souls where you can just uh, hit the left and right. No, you do that too. Shit. I'm trying to figure out. I, I don't know. I think they completely just yeah. took the stuff, the, the control scheme of Dark Souls. The whole yeah. thing. Yep. I can, I can, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what the Y button was for in this game and I can't think uh, of anything. It's, it's the interact with everything button. It's how okay. you pick stuff up. It's how you open chests. It's how you interact with doors. Yeah, that's the A button in Dark Souls, since there's no jump in Dark Souls. Yeah, A is jump in this one. Yeah, um, that's like the only difference, and it's a minor difference at best. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Dark Souls, the basically the it, there's a quick attack, there's a slower, more powerful attack. Mm-hmm. There's a in this there's a jump button, there's a dodge button which you can use to jump back or to the sides yep. Yep. or forward. Uh, and everything you do costs a little bit of your stamina. And when mm-hmm. you run out of stamina, you can't attack or jump um, or roll, like dodge or roll. Uh, right. So combat ends up being about movement and managing your stamina, like moving around away from things and not getting trapped in a corner. And uh, yeah. Combat is 100% stamina management and making sure to get out of way out of the way of your enemy's attacks. Yep. You can use your shield, but that, again cost stamina in order if you take yep. a block it's going to cost some stamina yep. and um and th- i use the hell out of the shield personally yeah and there's a codex later in the game that like just you can get at some point in time that like totally just breaks the game it's it's hilarious um which we'll get to in a little bit uh let's let's talk about the story real quick or what little story there is because there's some funny elements, but uh, you look like you want to say something about the controls. Yeah. One, one little bit about the controls and stamina. The difference between Dark Souls and this game is that this game will um, eat away at your your max stamina. Like yeah. As, as and, you continue to muse and move about with yeah. your bar, you will have less of it to go. You can replenish that with food. Yes, you have to but eat. That's, yeah, yeah, you literally have to eat in order to replenish your health and replenish your stamina. Yep. But that's the only, th- the only thing I wanted to add to that before we yeah, move and, on. And it does give you warnings. It says that you're hungry and stuff like that on the screen when you're yeah, yeah. You're not doing it. Amusingly, one of the funniest things in this game is the opening blurb that sets up the story. Yeah. Were, were you paying attention to that at all when you were playing? If I was, I don't remember it. Like the, the red text that starts up yeah, on the screen? Yeah. yeah. I just honestly don't remember it. It's procedurally generated. Is it? Yes, it's random huh. every time you play it. <laughs> so All right. it's, it's different every time you play, and it, it kind of tells the story. And it has weird jokes, and it's always oddly constructed. Um, but it's usually, like, kind of funny. Uh, and then 
quickly as you get into the game, you get the big Illuminati pyramid guy, as I think you referred to him a minute ago. Uh, a who, giant pyramid with an eye is what I refer to him as. His name is Brazen. Brazen. Yes. Yeah. And he, he's the guy that randomly gives you quests. And one of those quests is like to find the lair of the necromancer Abraxas that's yep. below the pyramid that you're currently in. Mm-hmm. So like it, it is like the it's kind of arranged like a pyramid so the further down you go like the more levels down you go the longer and crazier each level gets yeah um yeah so i mean and that's that's it that's the story like you you randomly get quests and then you you much like net hack your goal is to find the necro the necromancer at the bottom of the dungeon and get his amulet and get back out hmm. i like to not hack more yeah but that's the idea they're, they're just <laughs> It, the idea, I think, is that they're actually trying to do something interesting with the, you know, rogue formula. Yeah. Homage yeah. to the rogue formula, but... Yep. Yeah. Um, so there are two different characters to pick from, and there's male and female variants of each. Um, right, right. There's... I don't even know if they have a name for the original one. I just called it the normal character. And all of the... All of the color options are called like son of this or daughter of this and it's it's kind of funny and all it does is just change the color palette of your outfit originally these the normal guys were the only choice you had like that was the only thing you could play as uh and in comparison to the second choice they are much faster and more squishy yeah they're called blackguards blackguards okay uh and then the second character type they asked the second class is called a brute and uh that's why the current version of the game is called the brutal edition yeah uh they're big tanky and slow mm-hmm. they will eventually also be adding an arcanist <laughs> class that could be it good. hasn't been implemented yet but it will be soon yeah i i would definitely revisit just to see that I give it a shot. I mean, I I didn't hate this game. I'm just disappointed in this game. We have to play it multiplayer. That's that's going to be the I, key here. I would very much like to because I played this game single player and was disappointed is the best term I can think for it yeah. because I I didn't hate the game. I just I didn't like it either, you know? Yeah. You you wanted more from it and and could not get that more from it. That's pretty accurate, I think. I I felt like it it had a lot of potential that it didn't meet. It's yeah. like I'm not. I'm not. I don't hate you for this, but I'm very disappointed in you for this. I'm just. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I'm exactly. Mad. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. As far as story goes, kind of the main component are quests, which are random as shit. Uh, you get mm-hmm. three random quests on each level of the dungeon, uh, and they they're anything from collecting things to smashing things to crafting things to using very specific items. Like there's one that. You have to like just use an invisibility potion. Like, that's it. Find hidden passages and other weird things. Um, but they're very random and there there's no real story elements to them. So again, like there's nothing to spoil. There's there's just there isn't a lot of story here. It's just a f- action game. Yeah. Um, there are different flavors to each of the levels. Um mm-hmm. There's the catacombs, which are like the starting level where it kind of looks like the inside of a temple-ish. There's some swamps, sewers, a factory. There's I've seen levels covered in snow, which I think are just variations of some of the other levels. Right. Uh, and then the last area of the game is referred to as the Sea of Bones, which is just this big red thing with a bunch of 
dead stuff in it because it's the necromancer's lair. But I guess this is a good time to talk about art style. What did you think I, about the art style for the game? Honestly, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it it did a lot with a little. It's it's minimalistic, but yeah. at the same time, it didn't feel completely like they made the decision to make it just as a crappy art style. You know what I mean? Yeah. They did a lot with a little. That's that's the best yeah. way I can phrase it. It, it looks low poly, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not. Um, oh, I wouldn't either. But like, yeah, they they went very very minimalist. And like, I think they just didn't want the art to get in the way of the game. And I think they did a really good job with it. Like, I really love the way the game looks. I do um, too. And that's one of the things that made this game appeal to me is watching the videos. And it's like, oh man, that this game looks really cool. Like it's got, definitely has its own style. And I can't think of a single other game that looks like it. I can't either. I'm, I, I actually had a pause there because I was trying to think, is there anything that looks remotely similar? And no, it honestly looks like, and forgive me for making the comparison because it's going to come up a lot in this cast, it looks like they took Dark Souls, stripped off all of the equipment, armor, basically took the character down to its basic levels, even like a kind of um, stick figure type of person, yeah, threw some clothes on it, gave it a weapon and a shield, and said, go have fun. Yeah. And there are armor sets, which we'll get to here in a minute. Um, I never found one, unfortunately. And I got yeah. to level four. It's really weird. Like, I got to the fourth stage. You'd think by more than a third of the way through the game, you'd find something. Yeah. It's, again, really random. So there are, speaking of armor, a bunch of items in the game uh, and random other stuff. Uh, because this is a roguelike, it is permadeath, for lack of a better term, if you're playing single yep. player. Yep. Um, Once you die, you have to restart. Yes. Brilliant. Unless you're playing multiplayer. That's one of the big things about multiplayer, which is we'll we'll get to later on. I'm interested because I never I didn't even get a chance to take a look at any videos of multiplayer. Yeah. But I'm curious about it. I, I watched an entire like I did we didn't get a chance to play together. We really wanted to, but you know, stars just didn't align over the past week or so that was really crazy, including my family coming to visit. <laughs> yeah. Which is why this is a little bit late. We're sorry, but this that's the best we can do it under such circumstances. Yeah. Um but even in single player there's one thing that carries over between games and that is the codexes you purchase within the game you get you get these weird little tokens as one of the currencies there's crit like gems and tokens uh and the tokens you get for getting really far without dying is one way to do them and then you also get them randomly as like quest rewards and once you unlock a codex you have access to it at certain places in the game and you can equip a codex to your character and once you purchase one it's available to any character you have and you can only equip one at a time uh so there's some funny ones that i kind of want to talk about that i mean there's there's a whole bunch of them but you know i have maybe a half a dozen here that are good or like worth worth taking if you're going to play just to like kind of keep an eye out for them sure. um and they all, some of them have just really funny names so one of the things this game has is a bunch of random potions and magic scrolls that are unidentified so you don't know what they're going to do until you identify them you know it's a kind right. of a, a trope of rpg games uh and then there's a, a codex called the i never thought i'd finish guide to recipes which automatically identifies anything in your inventory like as soon as it goes into your inventory it identifies it which is kind of cool 
and useful. Uh, there's one called You're It, which makes your gives your attacks a chance to stun your enemies, which mm-hmm. seems pretty useful. You can't hit what isn't there lowers the stamina cost of sprinting, dodging, and jumping, hmm. making make you more agile, which is kind of yeah, kind of cool. that is nice. Uh, there's another one called Mr. Monk's Most Excellent Pamphlet on Avoiding Exhaustion, which is hard to say. And it lowers stamina depletion from attacks. Like when you attack, it uses less stamina, which is that's again, awesome. Kind of awesome. And then there's this one that's called That's Not So Far, which increases your jump height and distance, which is ridiculously overpowered. Like yes, you it can is. Just, like you can literally just jump over entire rooms full of people and like keep running. That's ridiculous because like, you can just why totally, else would you play the game? You can just avoid fights and like jump to weird places you're not supposed to be able to get to on the map and like all kinds of other really funny stuff that just breaks as soon as you have this. It's it's pretty hilarious to watch. Um but and one of the things that the AI in this game does is if you actually run away from them enough, they will start fighting each other. So you can actually get the monsters to fight each other. It's they usually focus on you, but you can get them to fight each other. So if you basically just run and jump around the room enough, like mm-hmm. they'll start fighting each other. And that's one way that you can clear yeah. out some of the areas, like, which is kind of funny. I've I've stumbled upon several instances where I just stumble upon a giant melee and I'm just yeah. walking in the door and just like, okay, I guess I'll just start killing everyone in sight. Because <laughs> or, or just stop and wait. Yeah. Well, I, I, I watched um, a bunch of screamers take on a bunch of spiders and I was just like, hmm, this is neat. Yeah. So I was like, I guess I'll hop out and kill the remainder. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's another one called the key to a good defense is a good defense. Stupid. The, and, oh, I thought you put that in there as commentary. No, no that is literally there as, as part of the title of the codex. Okay. Uh, and it makes yeah. you immune to knockdown. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. There's one called keeping your blood on the inside and other tips. And it lets you regenerate a small amount of health, like in intervals, like gives you a healing over time, which is actually incredibly useful in this game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because um, you, you, you spend a lot of downtime not in combat. So as you're, it makes the world feel a little bit empty because yeah. there is, it's a huge sprawling world. And if you're not in the middle of combat, you spend a lot of time just kind of jumping around. Yeah. And there's no map. There is not, which pisses me off so i get it because dark souls doesn't have a map either yeah. but all the worlds are interconnected like you can yeah if i, and, if and I they're, not, they're not random yeah if i may be, be forgiven briefly you can see from the first starting area all the way to nearly the end of the game yeah it, it's just you feel like you're in an interconnected hub of a world right. you don't feel like you're just kind of roaming around because they didn't feel like implementing a map yeah. No, you, they didn't implement a map because you really don't need one. Yeah, at least in Dark Souls, I, I yeah, I never this, felt like I was lost in this game yeah. though. This game Fair does best. feel like you need a map. Uh, one of the things you can do in this game is there is a an item called uh, chalk, like adventurer's mm-hmm. chalk, and yeah. you like can mark something, and it'll make like this big, basically glowy beacon that you can see. And find your way back to yeah, or so you, or say that you've already been that direction. Yeah, so you can use it to kind of like keep a tab on uh, you know, kind of where you've been and where you haven't. Um, yeah. But 
Then there's the last codex, which is the most expensive codex in the game. And it's called Vampirism is Your Friend. For a good reason. And it enables life stealing when you attack, yeah. which is awesome. That is overpowered as fuck. Yeah. Well, because you do a good amount of damage in this game. There are weapons that will do damage to you to do damage to enemies. Like there's a whole bunch of really weird effects in this game that yeah. can do weird stuff like that. And some of them will do damage to your entire party if you're playing multiplayer when you hit an enemy. That's crazy. Like, why would you even bother using it? Because it does a shitload of damage. Yeah, but at the same time, if I can get slightly less damage for no ill effects, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Again, weird random items. So, uh, there's crafting in the game. Uh, You you basically pick up random components uh, when when you kill things, and you can use it to make food, potions, bombs, and chalk, like we mentioned. Right. yeah, bombs just, you know, have debuffs and cause damage. Potions have effects and sometimes heal you. And f- food heals you and sometimes has effects. Yay. Neat. Yeah, basically. It's like super simple. Um, the thing about this game is you have an inventory of 10 items. So, but your components are unlimited. So, yes, it, you can kind of weird. But yeah, you do have to do a little bit of inventory management, but it's not not ever a whole lot. Yeah, at the same time, you can also not really bother to stock up on food if you don't need to, because for the most part, the components to make the food are really plentiful. Yeah. And you, you don't need a special place to craft. You can just kind of craft anywhere. Yeah, you just walk around and start cobbling together a ration, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, there are different categories of weapons uh most of which are either dropped by monsters or found in chests and some mm-hmm. of them can be bought in shops too yep. uh there are the short weapons which are faster and have less stamina costs which are like your swords and axes uh there are long weapons which are slower and have higher damage which are longer swords and other axes yep and then there are the two-handed weapons which have a high knockdown chance and are really slow which are like the stat there's like weird staffs and spears and maces and hammers right and then there's ranged weapons which get retardedly overpowered um and there's wands and crossbows and a lot of those like will explode and do area of effect so you just like literally stand back and just like explode a room before you ever go in and yeah they once you start getting ranged weapons the game gets apparently a little easier easy yeah um and then there's armor that comes in two varieties, shields and complete suits of armor. Like a, like a chest plate in Diablo 1. Yeah, like you put it on and it's like a complete costume change for your character. And then you have shields that you can pick up and use. Uh, a lot of those are dropped by monsters. Yeah, the tons. Like you can't you can't throw a rock without hitting a shield in this freaking game. Yeah, the, the armor suits basically only get found in like silver and gold chests, mm-hmm. which are further down in the game. Right, right. Yeah. I think they start occurring on level four, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Maybe. I I don't know the logistics <laughs> of the the silver and gold chest. Um, I did a little bit of game. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we can talk about some of the monsters. Like, I don't want to talk about all of them because there's like there's 20 a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are a few that are interesting. I guess. Like, I don't know. I I thought they were kind of fun. Uh, the little pyramid workers, which were the little tiny 
spider pyramid things that they apparently go around collecting stuff right and like if if they're they're they have like three different stages and if they're empty you get nothing when you kill them uh or hmm. they can be full of gems basically and you hit them and they drop a bunch of gems or they can be overloaded and in that case they like will run up to you and explode hmm. like they they're little little bombs and it's yeah, kind of yeah. kind of weird um I, and the funny weird thing is like i don't think you ever get names for these any of the monsters in a game except for like from random quests that are like kill 30 mechanical knights or you know whatever it's not gonna be 30 yeah. it's gonna be a lot yeah. less kill, kill eight bone effigies or yeah. something like that you're like oh, what the fuck is that thing um so one of the coolest monsters i think in this game is are that they're called naguals i guess uh naguals the, is what i'd go with yeah the the best way i can think to describe them the ones that you see very early in the game are like mm -hmm. a big floating blue ball of flame with like a bunch of shields surrounding it and like each shield has a little face on it and it shoots laser beams out of the mouth of the, one of the shields at you yeah, yeah like they spin around and shoot lasers at you and you have to like dodge the lasers and like kill it and then it drops right. one of the shield faces which is actually a really good starting shield once you kill it huh. like a, yeah they're a little, little metal they're, buckler or whatever yeah they're fairly good uh the tefet shield is the one you're referring to they actually drop five different grades of shield and they, they even drop tier three shields later on in the game it's pretty yeah. cool yeah uh but they it is like it it's a definite upgrade over your beginning shield when you kill one on the first level so oh absolutely definitely worth picking up uh the mechanical knights are really weird um they're just these huge lumbering like golden knights and they're like slow and they do an absolute shit ton of damage but they're um, super easy to dodge so you really don't have to worry about them yeah. too much and you can stun them by just uh hitting the the left trigger uh, or l2 depending on what kind of controller you're using and just knock them on their ass yeah because that that, that shield bash Quick attack or let it... Oh, you're talking about the shield bash. Okay. The shield bash, yeah. The shield bash attack will knock most enemies on their ass. If you have to hit them twice to do it, that's fine too because once you get on their butts, you just whack the shit out of them and they're dead. Yeah. Uh, one of the banes of your existence on early levels, the screamers, which, like, they're really weak enemies, but they can... They scream when they see you and alert all nearby enemies that you're there and they all come attacking so if you have not cleared an area you can very very quickly be overwhelmed by a screamer alerting a whole bunch of other people yeah and, uh, yeah there's, ass, there's there's one more that i want to talk about that's even more annoying than a screamer oh okay bandits have you bandits. met bandits did you see bandits in the game uh, i i don't recall what is which one was the bandit so so the bandits are really fucking annoying they'll close in and steal objects from you like they will oh, take yeah. your shit and then jump away and then disappear so if they steal something from you and you don't kill them quick enough they'll just vanish and it is so fucking annoying oh man i like i, I couldn't stand it but um that's probably the most annoying enemy in the game for me yeah oh, irritating as hell so let's talk about a fun monster for the last one mm -hmm. the beasts they which weird 
literally looks like a street shark. I remember. I'm trying to find out what they actually called them in the game. They're called beasts. Uh, weird that they don't. I don't actually list them. I'm like I'm at the Necropolis wiki, and I don't actually see them on here. Weird. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. They, they were called beasts, and they look like a street shark. Because I remember seeing those in, in the game too. Just... A big, big burly dude with a shark head. Yep. A giant shark head. There's also a final boss, and uh, I, I won't spoil him very much other than to complain that he, like, <laughs> uh, it, this is echoing a complaint of many people that he basically takes absolutely forever to kill has no health bar and shows no signs of damage at all so you literally just yep. hit him over and over and over again for 15 to 20 minutes and then he will finally just fall over dead and you're like that's annoying oh uh, he has two different stages of attacks like he he has a phase one and then after you do a certain amount of damage he goes into phase two but that's like your only indicator yeah and uh yeah i i watched the boss fight the other uh, uh this morning actually and was like yeah that that doesn't seem like very much fun like and, and apparently one of the big complaints about the game is that it needs more boss fights and the argument that i heard these guys make was like this this game doesn't need more boss fights because if more boss fights are like this one like they would just be terrible mm -hmm. um like they need a better boss fight and maybe smaller mini bosses i agree so i don't know uh the last thing I think I want to talk about is the music because the music is pretty cool when it happens. Yeah, like the music is quite excellent. It's a little intermittent, but it is a very, very awesome soundtrack. And it is on Spotify. Uh, so I might actually try and link the uh, Spotify playlist for the soundtrack in the show notes so you guys can take a listen because uh, it's pretty cool. Like it's it's kind of this retro-y kind of thing. So if you're if you're curious about who the composer was, his name is John Everest. And if you had played the previous Shadowrun games that Hairbrain Schemes had worked on, he's the composer for all of those games. And Which, he is just aces. Yeah, he he also, I think, did the original Shadowrun on the Super Nintendo, because that's the reason they he worked on Shadowrun Returns. But I love his music. His music is phenomenal. Yeah, he did Shadowrun uh, Daggerfall and Shadowrun Hong Kong. Dragonfall? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure he didn't do like Elder Scrolls Daggerfall. <laughs> I, I believe I said Dragonfall, but I speak quickly, so it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if it sounded differently. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I just heard you weird. You guys tell Maybe. us. Maybe. <laughs> or don't. Either way. Yeah. It, All right. It really matter. <laughs> so, so the last thing to talk about, I guess, is... The multiplayer which we didn't get a chance to do but i have done some research on and and watched an entire playthrough in multiplayer uh and in my opinion this is where the game starts to really shine and look like fun mm -hmm. um like it almost feels like a party game it's like it's up to four people running around smacking things up and and trying to get through this thing uh, it's fully drop in drop out so like you know people can come and go as they please basically the only thing is, is it has friendly fire, so you can like hit Oof. other players. I don't like that at all. Yeah, it, it's a little weird, um, but it just means that you have to like take your time and be a little more careful. Which I, I think mm, that, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I, I don't know how 
well the combat lends to that kind of accuracy uh, i just probably just have to get better at locking on to targets like the right target or whatever um but the big change is that when you get killed you fall on the ground and there's a window during which your teammates can revive you that'd be handy as hell and if they don't get you in time you like respawn at the start of the level See, I figured you just explode into a loot pinata for them to pick up. Nope. They, they you pick keep your items? Yeah, they pick you back up off the ground huh. and you keep your items. No, no I mean, if you, if you don't, if you respawn, do you, do you keep your items or is that everything dropped? My understanding is that you keep your items. Oh, wow. That's game breaking. Yeah. But it's so that you guys can sit and play in one sitting because it took uh, about four hours for them to beat the game-ish, maybe four and a half total. Uh, so yeah, I mean, solo the game is supposed to take about six hours. It's it's yeah, a pretty yeah. short game, which is one it of the seems reasons to be why because yeah, I, I got through one. to level four in maybe an hour and a half, yeah. if that. It was not. It was not. Yeah, the the later levels long. get stupid long though. So nah. that's a shame. Yeah, I mean. I don't and, that, know. and that's the thing is it's a shame this this game had a ton of promise uh, like it, the ideas are good the execution just misses the mark a little bit yeah i i, <laughs> I feel like that this is it, it honestly kind of feels like a a alpha version of dark souls yeah if, I, if I you'll see that it, it feels like it is an and and I hate saying it like this because I do enjoy Hairbrain Scheme's other works, mm-hmm. but it feels like it is an unpolished diamond. Like it it, yeah. it could have been amazing, but it got to a point where it just it it fell short. It fell flat. So out of curiosity then, what do you think they could do to improve the game going forward? So like when they it put the arcanist or whatever the hell they're calling it into the game like what changes do you think could be implemented to help make the game better my problem with it is the permadeath portion of it i realize that it's supposed to be like that right. because it's it's a roguelike but if you're not that in multiplayer if you don't experience that permadeath right. then you literally turn this game into dark souls just a slightly crappier version of it if you'll forgive yeah. my my phrasing of that because I, I i'm being blunt and honest because i feel like that that's that's accurate it's a slightly crappier version of dark souls if you're playing multiplayer right yeah i i i can see that so if you remove like maybe give it a quote-unquote casual mode and mm-hmm. allow you to turn off the permadeath yeah because if people want to play survival mode and and just be just permadeath that'd be cool but giving you the option of turning it off that'd be yeah. neat like that's the thing though if you if you have permadeath in multiplayer mode how does that work like how do you no no you, i mean well no i'm just just if you if you balance it out right like if it's sure if, if you make it permadeath across the board what do you do with a player when they die and they're playing multiplayer um they'd have like, to recreate and start at the beginning of the level that they were just playing on i think maybe yeah. that's just me but i i that is the closest thing i can think of to an equitable solution but i don't think that that should be the case I feel like that that would take a lot away from the multiplayer aspect, but giving a single player the option of turning off permadeath would probably be a better idea. Yeah, because um, that would that would have made this a lot less headachey. So, what if they did something along the lines of like, 
like a more advanced version of the the adventurer's chalk where like you literally create your spawn point at some point in time but you have a limited number of uses maybe like so that's that's the soapstone and dark and dark souls god damn is that is that how the soapstone works well no what the soapstone does is if you put your your soapstone down Mm -hmm. it allows you to be summoned into other players worlds right so that that gives you the option of basically appearing in another player's dimension where your soapstone was dropped which is why Dark Souls is a really fun cooperative game, which allows you to basically be summoned in front of a boss right. so that you can help that player out with a boss fight, get get your reward, and then go back to your own world and continue on. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, like, well, what if you could, like, do have, a, have a spawn point, like, that, that's movable, but you can only have maybe one at a time or something like that. But it's not like you're yeah. switching to another person's game. It's like when I die, I go back right, to here. Right. You're basically setting your own checkpoint. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, like I could get behind that, but at the same time, I even if I die and go back to the beginning of the level, I wouldn't be mad. I grew yeah. up playing NES games. I grew up playing Ninja Gaiden. This would not yeah. bother me at all. Yeah, and in fact, that almost sounds a little more like a Fantasy Star Online. Like you die, you go back to the beginning of the level, kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean that's that's Ninja Gaiden right there. Yeah, like this game is Ninja Gaiden hard, but without the reward, the slight difficulty decrease by allowing you to continue at the beginning of the level. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's how I do it anyway. I, I would turn. I would give them the option to turn off permadeath. And the game needs a map, a map that shows you the level as you go through it. So, like Diablo One type of map. Yeah. Okay. Something, turn- something like as you go through the level, it draws the level on the map. So you're you're only yeah. seeing the stuff that you have uncovered. have gone through. Because like. See it? Fuck, even NetHack has maps. God damn it, you know. <laughs> NetHack has, has to have a map because. Yeah. That's how you're viewing the game. But I, I but don't feel like... It's like, the thing. I, I never felt like I needed a map. Like, yeah. while the game world felt sprawling and large, it never yeah. felt like I was lost. Oh, yeah. Like, the you can totally get lost in, like, level 7, level 8. I'm maps. sure. I just they're, never got they're there. They're absolutely enormous from what I've yeah. seen. Yeah. I've never been to one that. either, but I've, you know, watched the watching the full playthrough, like, sure. holy crap, some of those... Like, I was like, they're trying to get to each other, and they just can't. Like they can't find each other, and they're like, "Where the fuck did you go?" And it gets yeah. really funny. Like I can get behind that. I can understand why a map would be necessary, but I never felt like it was necessary at the time. Yeah. Granted, I probably if I had gotten further down, I probably would have felt that, but I never felt that sting. Yeah, and I used to get useful to be like, maybe you can even if it's like in multiplayer, you could mark on the map. So like, hey, there's a treasure chest over here. You might want to come yeah. get it. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I, I I don't know. I just I I think that's the only improvement I would make is to turn off the give the player the option to turn off permadeath. Yeah. Hmm. Or yeah, just some system of that sort that makes the single player experience more akin to the multiplayer. Yeah. Just just make it <sighs> like so. So the thing about where the permadeath actually works to your advantage in single player is that you get the tokens whenever you yeah. die yeah for how and, far and you, you get you progressed so you get and, more of them the more enemies you kill yes and you you basically use those tokens to buy codexes mm-hmm. so it, it allows you to be 
better to unlock more codexes with the permadeath, which it may not maybe that give you that option. Be like, hey, you died. If you quit now, you get X number of tokens. Yeah. Or you can spend a token to go back to the start of this level. That's a great idea. I feel like that would that implementation would be really nice. Otherwise I don't know. I just that that permadeath really takes the the fun out of playing, I think. Yeah. It's definitely it definitely can be frustrating. Because you, know, you feel like you can get screwed out of things. Because I've definitely seen monsters spawned inside of walls that like are attacking me, and it's like, God damn it, and you just have to like run out of the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've gone through the game, I got to level four, and all of a sudden I'm dead. And I'm like, I don't want to play you anymore. Yeah, You've I killed my enjoyment of this game. I don't want to go through four levels again. Yeah, I just I just don't. I just that's just not a thing that I want to do. Like I have better things to do and more fun games to play. Yeah. I and I could totally understand that. Yeah, I, li- I like the idea of a continue system, like and yeah. paying some of your tokens to like keep going. Or um, actually, that's it- not even a bad idea. Like maybe you have you mentioned if you quit now, you get X number of tokens. What if you could pay a few of those tokens if you accumulated to come back with all of your stuff on the point that you were at? Yeah, yeah. Basically, have three options: have have yeah. quit, quit and take your five coins, or yeah. continue go- the beginning of the level. It, spend one coin to go back to the beginning of the level spend yeah. like i don't know 10 five something like that yeah. to to start where you left off <laughs> yeah maybe or one the beginning of the room you left off maybe yeah. maybe like one per level of the dungeon you're in so that way if you're on like level eight of the dungeon it costs more than if you're eight on coins two. yeah yeah that'd be good that'd be a good know. idea meh, meh, meh. if you're listening here brain schemes and you should be Here's you should hire us. <laughs> Make this change, <laughs> damn it. Actually, I might actually see if you can submit ideas because I totally would. Like, because yeah, I would love to see this game do better, basically, for lack of a better term. Like, absolutely. I, I can know. understand that. Like, I, 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 I want to try playing it multiplayer or find at least one other person to play with i think it'd be more fun with you know three or four but i don't know if we could find three or four people that want to play it i don't know if you bought the game to play along and uh decide you want to uh join us in a playthrough uh let me know and we can we can figure something out we'll jump absolutely in. absolutely <sighs> yeah over, overall i'd say that it's if i had a choice to play it again and the option for multiplayer were on the table, I would give it another try. But as it is, if I have to play single player, I'm probably never going to pick it up again. Unless they make some changes to the primitive system. Yeah, yeah. And But the, the only thing I can think of would be that they would probably defend that saying, it's a roguelike game. You have permadeath. What's the problem here, you know? Yeah. Well, you don't in multiplayer. Right, right. But multiplayer is a different experience. I don't know. But, but it's still a roguelike. Like I know. I know. And that's that's your that's the that's the only counter argument. It's not permanent yeah. in multiplayer. So all right. So there we go. That was that was Necropolis, which was unfortunately disappointing. Meh out of ten. Yeah, man out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um so Paul is up next for the choice yeah. of game corner games. And uh yeah. what what game are you picking, Paul? 
So back in 2012, um, United Front Games and Square Enix released a little title called Sleeping Dogs. Um, it's it's about an adventure of a Hong Kong detective trying to bust up all of the gang activity in Hong Kong. It's a an open world type style of game, uh, similar to Grand Theft Auto without a bunch of the gunplay because in Hong Kong, guns are pretty scarce. They're mm-hmm. not legal at all to own. They're not legal at all to carry. You, If you find one, it's a pretty big event. So most of the combat is revolves around hand-to-hand martial arts style combat specifically kung fu and you can pick up more moves in the game it's, it's a very interesting system i think you'll i think you'll enjoy it but we'll, we'll see with the next game corner what you what you think sounds like a plan however we also have the next favorite game which was one of yours which was a little title called descent free space the great war yep that's that's that one's a ways off but uh i'm looking forward to it though I, I want to get into it. I need to make sure my uh, giant hotas works for it. Yeah, I want to do that too. I really yeah. do because that that would make things a lot easier. I imagine on the game because I know the uh, my Logitech stick will work for it as a worst case sure, scenario. Sure. But I very much would rather use my my big hotas. But we'll see. Of course. Um, and then up next for our next episode, we have a special guest, Mister Phil Hawkins, on to talk about educational video games and whether or not they have to suck <laughs> it's a great topic i like the fact that uh, phil thought it up and brought out brought it to us and want to come on and say hi so thanks phil we appreciate it and uh, i guess you guys will see him in a couple weeks yeah and uh, i think that about does it for us for tonight Absolutely. If you want to get in contact us with us, uh, as I said earlier, it is podcast at loadedcartgaming.com. You can find me at Paul Cluel on Twitter. Uh, Dan runs uh, the at Loaded Cart account on Twitter and his own account at Chop the Viking, where you can find his stream announcements and all kinds of fun stuff that he does. Uh, Loaded Cart will both tweet us out about our streaming announcements as well as whenever Dan goes live with a new blog on Fridays. And if you want to find us on social media, everything else is on loadedcartgaming.com. And if you love us, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to us. And if you really, really love us, uh, check us out over at patreon.com slash loadedcartgaming. Maybe chip in a couple of bucks for keeping the podcast rolling. We appreciate everybody who has donated so far. Thank you so much. And if there's nothing else... Nope, I think we're good. All right, great. Have a great evening, and here's some smooth jazz to play you out. And I actually have the letter right here if I can find it. Yeah, I'm gonna I might as well. This is great podcasting, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is our intro. Me looking up fucking letters about my auditioning. China. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm exactly. Mad. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Starting to sound like a dad over there. Yeah, well, I'm trying to make sure my cat doesn't attack my television. It happens. What game are you picking, Paul? So, hang on.
Uh oh. Oh God. He's clicking buttons.